0: Three things for our younger listeners and for those who find it helpful to be listening for things to listen for this morning. The first, what is the ministry that I've been talking about for the last several weeks called? The second, how much is a one-way ride to school? And the third, where does God remain present? So three things to be listening for. Well, I'm giving full credit to Leah Wyman for reminding me of a passage from one of my favorite books by Barbara Brown Taylor, An Altar in the World. In this book, she writes about a day when she is pruning trees and accidentally gets stuck in the eye with a sharp barb. She went to the emergency room where her eye was cleaned out, and she was sent home with aspirin and told to see an eye doctor in the morning. In the meantime, she had a terrible night. She writes... While the grandfather clock in the dining room told hour after hour, I prayed the kind of prayers I never thought I would pray. I began the kind of bargaining with God that I do not even believe in, and when they did not work, I called God's honor into question. I begged God to do something. I dared God to do something. Finally, close to dawn, I found myself turning away from the God-in-charge-of-pain removal, toward the God who had stayed with me through the pain, no matter what I said. By the time I saw an optometrist who told me I had a torn cornea, my midnight wrestling match was over. The pain had not only changed the way I prayed, it had also changed my ideas about the one to whom I prayed. Taylor, who is an Episcopal priest, professor, and author, discovered that night, that experiencing pain, something none of us wants to do, changes how we understand and experience God. As she says, pain makes theologians of us all. For the last two weeks, I've been talking about our congregation's relationship with Baté 105 in the Dominican Republic through our ministry, Bridges to Baté. As a refresher for those of you who might not have been able to be here the last two weeks, a bate is a small village in the middle of a cane field. Bate 105 has about 100 people and is one of many bataille's in the rural parts of the country where sugarcane is grown. The land, both the cane fields and the bate, is owned by a landowner. There's no school in Bate 105, but children travel to small towns nearby to attend public school when they are able. And some of the youth also travel to La Romana, which is a city of about 200,000 people on at least an hour-long set of bus rides on public buses to attend Alianza, a vocational school with a strong emphasis on languages and focus on skills that enables children and students to get well-paying jobs in the tourism industry. There's no electricity in this bataille and only a spigot or two with running water. Cane workers are able to earn about one to two dollars per day in what was termed to me as basically slavery. Bridges to main emphasis has been to get children, youth, and adults more education so that they have access to more opportunities and resources. As we've developed more relationships in the bate and with others in the Dominican Republic, we've also helped to work to gain better access to health care and in building of community-focused areas and structures in the Bataille, such as the church. While in the Dominican Republic in Batay 105 earlier this summer, I experienced the depth of this psalm that we read this morning, both personally and communally. My first day in the Batay was a Sunday. After a 45-minute ride on an unair-conditioned school bus, we turned off the road, crossed a set of train tracks, and started driving up a dirt road into a small village. As we got off the bus into the sweltering heat and blistering sun, we could immediately hear the sound of singing coming from the small church. As we entered, we separated into women on one side and men on the other, and found seats on either a bench or a chair in the back. The music, which was played on tambours and gearas, accompanied by singing, continued for a long time, as did the clapping and the kind of gentle dancing. The windows with their horizontal blinds blocked out of the heat of the sun while letting the breeze pass over us every so often. It was hot, but there was joy in that place. Pretty quickly, several of the women from our group were handed babies. There's nothing like swaying with a small baby in your arms while listening to joyful music, playing a version of peek-a-boo with a five-year-old behind you and wearing a clergy collar. With or without the collar, that's holy work. As the service continued, I was asked to come forward to offer some words. I passed along greetings from Fairmount and talked about the passage from Galatians that we read two weeks ago, that we're all one in Christ Jesus and how grateful we are to be connected to this community. I returned to my seat, but a few minutes later, I was asked to come back up to preach I tried to explain that that's what I already did and make a joke that I was the short preacher and that I would defer to the pastor of the congregation. Now, I'm not sure if that didn't translate well or even with perfect translation, it just didn't quite make sense to these folks because the pastor and the other man leading the service gave me the strangest look. And they looked at each other and then they started playing another song. We listened to the remainder of the service which was in a combination of Haitian Creole and Spanish, some of which was translated into English for us. We joined in prayer, blessing Sandy, a youth who had recently graduated from Alianza and had a new job, well-paying job, at a resort. We danced and clapped, and then greeted each member of the community with a handshake or, more often, a warm hug. When the service was over, We heard from community members about their experience with their children attending English classes at Alianza and the hopes that they had for the future. What we hoped would be an information gathering session turned into a time of witness. This was a moment of celebration which culminated in a feast of the best tasting barbecue chicken I have ever eaten. During a group debrief later that evening, members from our group who had been to the Bataille many times talked about what a phenomenal day it was. They were able to see the transformation of people and a community that they had been working with that they didn't fully understand was happening. Never before had they brought a picnic lunch to the Bataille to share with the entire community. And they talked about what a difference it made, what a different experience that was, truly a time of community of relationship building and celebration. Almost all of these members remarked, this was the best day I have ever had here. Their morning had been turned to dancing. Now at the same time, there were three of us from Fairmount who had never been on this trip before. And we were experiencing the batet for the first time that day. While we could feel the excitement and the joy in the air, we were still stuck a bit on the mourning part. That was the first time I had seen metal shacks that people live in up close and personal. I walked through horse manure on the way to the path that led us to a great view of the pate and was right next to people's homes. I tried to find clear ground, but between the horse manure and the trash, there wasn't a clear place to step. And there were children walking right through it with me, most of whom had shoes on. I saw children with skin irritations that were swarmed by flies, and older men who were nearly blind from the sun damage to their eyes from working in the fields their entire lives. I used the latrine, which took this girl quite some effort to pull off with any sense of discretion or hygiene. I drank clean water with ice in it from my own personal insulated water bottle, and I tried to discreetly use hand sanitizer fairly often. See, I had packed those things along with toilet paper and a few hundred pesos in my bag just in case. And after listening to student after student in our interview say that they couldn't afford the one-way, 50-peso ride to school, I had a heavy sense of my own wealth. And privilege. So I could see the others dancing around me, but it felt hard to join in. It never ceases to amaze me that we live in a world where we hold reasons to mourn and reasons to dance intention at all times. It's enough to break your heart. And if you were here last week You heard me say that that breaking of your heart is the moment when the fruits of the spirit are revealed and joy can seep in. See, we worship a God who is near at all times and in all places. Sometimes that's really overwhelmingly comforting. and other times, this reality can feel downright frustrating and untrue as we experience the world around us. As we beg God, dare God, bargain with God, turn away from God, as Barbara Brown Taylor did in the middle of the night. When the pain is so great, when the injustice is so out of control, we can't help but yell out or seethe with rage or find ourselves struggling to believe. And yet God stays. As Pastor Bobby Morris says, Psalm 30 does not present a systematic exhaustive discussion of the topic of pain. What it does do, which is of enormous value, is clearly demonstrate that the scope and strength of God's pennant for deliverance is difficult, if not impossible to understand without some experience of suffering, pain, or difficulty. Much like the joy and power of Easter is impossible or difficult to fully grasp, without Monday, Thursday, and especially Good Friday. The more time I spent in the Bataille and with others from the Dominican Republic, the more I could appreciate this. As I heard the stories and historical context of this place and Fairmount's relationship with the people of Batay 105, I heard tell of the transformations that were present, of the thousands of people who could now receive medical care because of the hospital in La Romana, of the youth of the Batay who had pre- persevered through English classes and difficulties that were presented in getting to them and had found well-paying jobs in a nearby resort, which better supported their family. Of the community, which didn't all go to worship on Sunday morning, but still had a place to gather together in and around the church building. Of the hope of the future which didn't seem tangible or possible before. And all of this happening at the same time that a three-month-old baby and her mother were trying to figure out how to contact the doctor's office for follow-up care in Santo Domingo, several hours away, and while there was literal shit all over the place. Finding reasons to rejoice. And praise God in this context do not come from a Pollyanna-esque outlook on life. The pain and suffering is real and are all around, and yet there are reasons to rejoice, and there are ways in which God's presence, Jesus' care, and the Holy Spirit's guidance are abundantly clear. Before we left the batet on that Sunday, after a full day of singing, listening, hand-clapping games, touring the village eating and more listening, all in 90 degrees with a bajillion percent humility, humidity and humility, hopefully. the pastor of the church asked if we could gather together for prayer. So he gathered the members of the community into a circle around our group in the middle of the church. They held hands around us, and the pastor began to pray the most vigorous blessing I have ever experienced. We couldn't understand most of what he was saying as he was speaking in Creole, but I made out Papa pretty regularly and understood that to be him calling upon God. As he prayed, the members of the community began to sing, washing us in God's love and presence. The pastor walked through this circle and touched each one of us on the shoulder, blessing us personally as well as blessing our entire group. It's hard not to believe that God is near in the middle of a circle like that. While I didn't understand all the words, I carry that blessing with me. And I believe that that blessing is one of the spirit opening my eyes to more of God's creation and seeing ways in which Jesus leads me and walking alongside all of his children, who are united as one family. And I trust that God remains present in the mourning and in the dancing, in the weeping, and in the joy. Hallelujah. And Amen.